DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Hot takes your toast. And the question of the day brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. At Jerry Seiner Cadillac, you can shop your way and get a piece of luxury you deserve. Stop by and test drive one today. All right, we got two questions to get to here in the next two segments. They've been up on Facebook this weekend. We'll hit both of them. One of them you just referred to, PK. The occasional loss doesn't bother you. As a matter of fact, you embrace it. Question is, the Jets split the Florida swing. In a way, isn't it sort of good to have them lose a few before the playoffs? And the answer is, yeah, you can't win them all, so you can't freak out when you lose a few. This gives the coaches a chance to say, hey, here's what we're not doing right. Maybe keeps the players with a little bit of an edge because they know they're not uh, invulnerable. And... Lessens the pressure a little bit, because more spectacular that record is. What happens to expectations, PK? Well, obviously they soar, yeah. And then you got to worry about, to an extent, you know, playing your best ball uh, and all that stuff. You know, we talk about mid-season form. I'd rather have late-season form. That's what you want to be rolling. So uh, a loss here and there. It's actually good for the ball club, particularly the way they're losing uh, last two losses on Fridays have been the Clippers and the Heat. The Heat got all their guys. They're a good team. Clippers have all their guys. They're a good team, maybe even an elite team. And so both losses were close, hard-fought ball games, not getting smoked. So I don't have any problem with that. Nick does. Why the bleep would it be good to lose? That's right, two O's. <laughs> well, you want to be loose. Win or lose. Win or lose. You want to be loose, I guess. He does, that's for sure. Other people weighing in here. We've got uh, David saying losing is not good or fun. Sure, you can learn from it and find areas of weaknesses to fix. But that's about the only, quote-unquote, good that comes with it. There's so many games that you're going to lose, so... The great teams are going to lose on a regular 82-game schedule. They're going to lose 15 to 25. And you're going to lose in the postseason, too. I, I couldn't imagine that they're going to just roll through the postseason. doesn't seem like uh, that that's ever going to happen. Uh, again, really, with the four full rounds that they now play. So, I mean, you don't. I don't think you need losses to learn. Because Jerry Sloan used to talk about sometimes it's easier to teach learning when you win because you're in a better mood than when you lose. So you can teach learn. Learning can happen anytime. So I don't think you need to lose to learn. You can use it as a learn, but the point being you could also use winning as learning too. Um, I'm not sure how much they have to learn anymore. They're such a veteran team now with their youngster being the face of the franchise for four years. It's very unusual when you've got three guys that play a bulk of, bulk of minutes over 30, then you got other guys, all veterans, and then you got your star, offensively anyway, who is the youngest, but yet he's been the franchise player and a multiple all-star, and he's not even 25. So they've all been around the block, so I don't know how much more they have to learn. They have to develop and evolve and get better and all that stuff. And I guess suppose that's another way of saying learning. But I don't see where losses, particularly when they're competitive, I think you just roll with them. And then I like the fact that, well, you know, the, the objective here is to win as many games. But also the opposite of that is to make sure you don't have big slumps. 
So they've lost these last two times, so then they come right back and win again. And that's a great sign. I guess the one thing I'd say is you'd like to see them beat a really good team that's at full strength. You know, they've had wins over good teams. They just beat the Lakers, but the Lakers were obviously missing a couple guys. Uh, Philly Embiid was out. Milwaukee isn't good enough for you? Milwaukee would be a good one. Uh, the Heat and the, the Clippers, obviously, both at full strength. They'd gotten the Clippers two days earlier, but Kawhi Leonard didn't play, and neither did Paul George. Well, they got him two months earlier. Does that count? That's a good question. Does stuff that early in the season matter to you? Because the thing is, and there will be people like, no, it doesn't matter. Okay, but if you're going to throw away the early season wins, don't you throw away early season losses? You know, at, what point, at what point are both Denver games early season games? saying it doesn't matter? The imaginary people I talk to in my mind. Okay, all right. I, <laughs> I think there are people who think that, and that's why you threw that out there. They you, all matter. Okay, but do the early season games matter less? Because teams do evolve over time. Okay, do the late regular season games matter less? Uh, depending, on, depending on who's playing, no. I think that's an excellent point. The answer is no. You get to those last 10 to 15 games, you see lots of teams pulling guys out. So, Well, if you're going to compare them to the postseason, then they don't matter. Because nothing matters as much as the postseason. So in that way, every regular season win or loss, you can rationalize however you want. Because until you beat that team four times in the postseason, then it doesn't really matter. You can kill the Lakers all you want now. But... What really matters is what you do in the postseason. So that's part of the equation. Uh, and that's why I'm saying that there's some. it's good to have a few losses along the way, loosen you up a little bit, and they don't matter. As long as you're competitive, and they have been competitive, right? We have to go back to the, the Denver loss now, and we're getting, we're getting quite a bit of distance between that loss and right now and so you can say all those things that well what matters what doesn't when you get to the postseason I don't think any of it matters you can draw from the experiences but until you do it again and beat that team four times what does it matter Jane says lose a lose a game now and then sure as long as they keep the one seed and avoid the LA teams in the second round I don't know if that's going to happen. Avoiding the L.A. teams? I I don't know that that's going to happen. Yeah, because I can't guarantee you that those two teams are going to finish second and third. Look out for Phoenix. They could mess that plan up. And I wouldn't sleep on the first round either. I mean, sure, you're expected to win as a 1-8 and or whoever has that 8 seed. But right now it's Denver. Denver and Dallas... I think they're very much capable of that, winning some ball games off you. The seven, eight, nine, ten thing has got to play out now uh, because of the the format they're using this year, and that's Denver seven, Golden State eight, Dallas nine, and Memphis ten. So look at the teams in the mix there. Well, I'd rather have Memphis, but the, the, all those teams are dangerous. Particularly on any game basis, I mean, what what team out? I would suspect you'd be able to beat Memphis, but those other teams, I mean, you should be able to beat them all. But what team do you think is going to roll over? And to me, none of those teams. They're all they've all got players. 
Dallas didn't roll over last year. We saw Luka Doncic hit that shot against the Clippers to tie that series up at 2-2, and they eventually got beat. Yeah. Dallas got beat in six games there. And that was uh, without Porzingis. Right. Denver obviously would make Jazz fans uh, sweat uh, after yeah. that playoff series and the game earlier this year. And then Golden State, I mean, you can wish yourself Steph Curry if you want, but that seems like wishing for He's trouble. He's got 50 <laughs> written all over him anytime he wants. Not anytime he wants, but... He's capable of doing it. They're, they would be a dangerous team, too. I think they're all dangerous. That's what I'm saying. Just about every team, particularly every playoff team, has a couple of guys that you certainly wouldn't mind having on your team. Uh, so I get it. I agree with that. You want the one seed and then hope you don't get either of the L.A.s because they're very, very dangerous. They would up the level of dangerous compared to the first round. I understand all of that. Uh, but I don't know that they're going to just uh, – go all out to make sure they procure one of those spots. Because who's to say? The Jazz basically did it last year. They orchestrated falling down or dropping in the standings. That's what we understand. So who's to say that the Lakers and Clippers are saying, well, wait a second, I don't want to play this guy in the second round. <laughs> so, so they drop, drop down to four so they can play the Jazz. Yeah. And Phoenix gladly embraces it. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, well, Phoenix, uh, you know, they're uh, – it's an interesting situation with Phoenix. They haven't made the playoffs, I think, in 11 seasons. It's 10 or 11. I think it's 11. So certainly they're going to be happy making the playoffs. But at the same time, a lot of the reason why they're being uh, uh, good this year is being attributed to a 36-year-old. So it's not like you're just getting started. You're just getting started playoff-wise – but one of the significant reasons why you're in the playoffs is you've got a 36-year-old. So the point being, you sort of have a win-now mentality because of Chris Paul. The other guys are all a bunch of young pups, but he isn't. And when he steps aside, I don't know, in the next year or two or three, it's going to be difficult to replace him. Guys like him just don't roll off trees. You don't just automatically replace him. Maybe you do free agency or whatnot because you've got a bunch of other guys, so I don't know what's going to happen. But the point being, neither do they know what's going to happen. So they might be, it's nice to make the playoffs, but while you're being directed by a 36-year-old, you sort of have to be in the win-now mentality. So uh, interesting to see what would happen with them. But obviously they're dangerous, and they got the Jazz earlier in the season. They're going to have not looked at the schedule well, rememberize the second half, but I assume they're going to be playing each other a couple more times here. And so see what they do, because obviously they're dangerous. Booker, as we saw, he went for 43 as recently as last night and only had two in the fourth quarter because they were up by 20. So clearly, if it was a cl- closer game, he could have gone for more. But he, they didn't need him at that point because they were up 20. So they're dangerous too. So I'm starting to get to the point where I'm not going to worry about the standings anymore because I don't know what's going to happen and I don't know what's going to be to their advantage or disadvantage. I'm just going to take it. You've got to play a team and you've got to beat them four times, whether it's the first, second, or third round. What does it matter? Those Suns games are out there in April. It's going to be a while, but they got a couple trips down to Phoenix to play those guys. So Next month? Yep, next month, because today is March 1st, so it is next month. You're right. I like to play that game psychologically in my mind. <laughs> get you. You're just getting closer to better weather one day at a time, but somehow That's, next yeah. month sounds way better. 
It does. Like January 1st, I tell myself, well, spring training's next month. (laughs) (laughs) Let let the Rose and Sugar Bowl finish before you get into that, will you? (laughs) No, no. You got to play that. It's like when you take a trip. You're driving cross country, or you're driving to Vegas. And I, dri- when we were in the process of moving, we had driven cross country three or four times. I drove a- drove across country. My sister moved out first. Drove cross country in a U-Haul with my brother-in-law, who nobody ever liked, and eventually did become my ex-brother-in-law. Thank goodness. Uh, and I'm like 12 years old, and I got nothing. I got no. No iPhone. I've got no music. No nothing. Just he and I, and I didn't like him, and he didn't like me, and he didn't like sports, and I was all about sports at 12 years old, and we didn't have anything, and we drove across the country, and then the the thing broke. Oh, my gosh, he had such a foul mouth. The U-Haul broke, and he's swearing up a storm, and I'm in the where, giggle mode where I'm where, trying. <laughs> where did it break? I think it was it wasn't maybe a third of the way into the trip. Okay. So it wasn't very long. So you we weren't out. To, you weren't out in the middle of nowhere in Kansas, <laughs> waiting for a tow truck for hours. No, I want to say through Pennsylvania, Western Pennsylvania. I want to say, but I don't remember. It was a long time ago, obviously. But we had to get a new U-Haul, and we had to unload all the stuff in the U-Haul, put the stuff into the new U-Haul. How about yeah, that? I might have been less <laughs> giggle mode with you and more foul mouth with him. I'd like to put myself on the pedestal, but in all honesty. Probably so not. when you got those long trips, you just look forward to the next location. You don't take it, you know. If so you, you don't you don't think like uh, nine hundred miles to wherever. You're thinking nineteen miles to. Yeah, so you play those games with yourself. You know, when you drive to Vegas, you got to go to the Fillmore and Beaver and St. George. Like, and so rather than oh man, I got a six hour drive. No, so same thing here. Scipio, 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 Beaver, Fillmore, Cedar City, St. Yeah, George. So you never yeah. stop at Scipio? You never stopped at the no, petting zoo? No, I usually gas up at home. It's too soon. Okay. I, I got to pace out my stops. There's a petting zoo there you can check out sometime, PK. I've been there many times, but I try not to stop there. I'll stop on the way coming back. Back. Because uh, I've got to go to the bathroom and I can't wait. Uh, but normally I try not to stop on the way down because it's too soon. So that that breaks up the uh, that screws up my whole thinking, man. Because then I've got longer before I'm going to stop again. No, so you got to play those psychological games with yourself. I do it on the treadmill when I run or some type of elliptical. So the first three minutes are grueling, but then when I get to the last two minutes of the five minute increment, I think, oh, I can do this. Yeah. So it makes it easier for me. Now, now when I hop on uh, on a bike, my knee swells up the size of a watermelon, so I don't do it. But when I did, and you'd see that time, and you're like, you'd see, I'd, I would start doing the math on it. Like I do with the, uh, how far we are through an NBA season, and it drives you and nuts. I'm 10% of the way done. The bike's always the best when there's daytime sports. And I had to go to the pool, and so then you can't watch sports and all that. But, man, March Madness was great for that. All right, we got conference tournament. I can ride for, I can pedal forever. Let's yeah, go. Only, Put some games on. That's only like three weeks out of 52. Though. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah, but I mean, you try to get anything. You know, a major golf championship, uh, midweek Wednesday was always a good day on the bike if there's you know, day baseball because you have getaway games. So, whatever. I'd, anything. Give me that's something. That's why everybody has headphones. Give me anything. Yep. So, you're, you're trying to be distracted. 
as you do that. And I usually do 30 minutes of cardio every day. So you play those games. That's what I do. And I do that with the jazz season. I haven't been able to do that as much this year because it isn't usual in terms of like we're just approaching the halfway point. Normally we would already we would have been well past the halfway point yep. at this point. I always considered March the home stretch. Now it's not really the home gotta, stretch. No. <laughs> we got to we got to get to April uh before the home stretch. But yeah, I do that. And I didn't do that as much when I lived in Phoenix in LA because the weather usually was good, especially in Phoenix. Actually, it was the other way in Phoenix. You dreaded it. You didn't want spring. Uh, you didn't want winter and spring to leave, and you didn't, because it's just nice. And then you get summer, and it's just too blazing hot. And so it was the other way around. The, the Phoenix is like down under, man. We we're so different than the rest of the country and what we're approaching weather-wise. We dreaded the approach of summer. Everybody else. Uh, when I moved here, everybody gets so excited and reminded me of my childhood, my early childhood, because, oh, my gosh, I couldn't wait. And I used to play those games. I've been doing this my whole life. It's not like it's new. I just didn't do it when I lived in two other cities. But as a kid, absolutely, the idea of it's March and April's going to come and I'm going to be able to get outside. Oh, yeah, no question. So you play those games with yourself here, not doing it as much this year, with the Jazz, uh, with halfway coming, what, this week? Are they literally at the 50% mark? It'll be halfway. It'll be 36 games. And so what are they now, 27-7? and 27-7. The All-Star break is literally halfway. 36-72 of when they they finish in Philly. Plus or minus one game, but the Jazz will be halfway. Right. Yeah, they didn't really map it out this way. I mean, the Jazz had the game postpone with Washington or they would have been 37 at the break but with that game getting postponed they're going to be right at 36. So I think the standings they can sort of drive you crazy. I can remember remember when they the, the Jazz had the Knicks pick and I think and it was like three years out and about halfway through Kevin O'Connor said I'm done rooting for them to lose. This is driving me nuts. <laughs> do, do you remember that? That was hilarious. That was so funny the way he said that. It especially appealed to you. That was very much his East Coast thing going on. Oh, and he and I are completely East Coast. He and I had a thing. He'd always jump me about something uh, off to the side. I I really miss him, by the way. I miss interacting. Nothing against these other guys. They're great. But Kevin, he loved to rib me off to the side about one thing or another. Absolutely. He had a habit. He had a habit of always, and obviously he, you know, did it semi on purpose. But when you were waiting, and it's totally, it's a totally different routine now. But now shoot arounds are at the practice facility. They used to be in the arena. And you used to wait outside the jazz locker room, and people would talk as they came out afterwards. And he always, he would always drift past the group and have something to say. He might not even break stride. And sometimes you say it one-on-one, sometimes you say it to the whole group, but there was always a pithy comment, a little bit of humor. Shots fired. Was know, all, I, there was always something. And it might be for you, it might be for somebody else, it might be for you know, multiple people or the whole group, yeah. but there was always something. There was never a completely quiet day. This is no. a little something to look forward to, you know? It, it was. Entertainment, I, I really, that's entertainment the way I grew in the up. You got a little sarcastic humor going on. And that's the way he was brought up. We were brought up in the same area. And I greatly miss interacting with him. It was a, uh, he's a big sports fan. So it could be about anything going on in the world of sports. 
You know, he, he loved the NFL as much as anybody. So it could be about that early in the year. Classics. All right, when we come back, uh, I mentioned two-part question of the day. We got two questions up. Uh, the other one, how much does Elijah Millsap's claims against Dennis Lindsay hurt the Jazz standing with black players? And we've got David Allridge. He wrote an interesting story about this for The Athletic. And it's one of the good things, PK, about the digital age. There have been plenty of people who've said, you know, the bad things about the digital age. But one of the good things is there's no limit on space. So if you had more quotes, if you had more more angles, more aspects to address. He could just keep writing, and he did. That was a long piece. Uh, and so we'll get to that next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Question of the day, it's two-parter. Second one, how much does Elijah Millsap's claims against Dennis Lindsay hurt the Jazz standing with black players? Got a lot of answers here. And, and PK, I think that the, uh, the, the answer to this is, is all over the board, and it depends on who you know and where you've been. If this is the only thing you know, I, I see it can hurting. I can see it hurting, but also the way basketball is wired together. Have you played there? Do you know people who've played there? And that's going to be the most important thing, I would think. So the answer is uh, somewhat, a little bit, but it depends on what your experience is and then people in your circle, how much experience do they have? Well, yeah, probably they have zero experience, though. If you're trying to attract people, you get drafted, you got to show up. You know, unless you're going to stage some holdout, but I don't know that NBA players, I can't remember anybody who's done that. We've seen it a few times in football. Uh, I guess maybe a time or two it's been done in basketball, but not recently. I think Danny Ferry, of all people, did it years ago. Uh, But I don't recall anybody else. It's It's just this stuff bothers me. It bothers me a lot. Uh, and you, you go look on Twitter and social media, and you look at Aldridge. He posts a story. It's a great story. I read it. I mean, he's a well-respected writer for sure. He's been around the league for three decades. Uh, he talks to Conley and Favors, and both those guys obviously are black guys, and they've been here. Favors have been here, chose to come back. So it's the idea of once you're here and you see what the community's about – you don't have any problem with it, and actually you end up liking it to the point of even loving it, and Derek Favors chooses to come back. He talks about that in the story. Basically, as soon as the Jazz offered, he said yes immediately. Conley's now been here for a year and a half, and he I, he's a mature guy with a family, and he's talking about how he gets the opportunity to do some stuff that he probably wouldn't have done. You know, go hiking and his kids uh, exploring the mountains and skiing and those types of things. And so he's looking at it. uh, He's going to be here for a duration. We'll take advantage of what the duration has to offer you and what the community has to offer you. And clearly he's done it. And then the guys like each other and the management and you got this thing in harmony going on here and the owner seems to be uh, bending over backwards to just to use an expression as far as uh, being open and inclusive or whatever, however you want to phrase it. So you got all that stuff going on. Uh, but yet you look at it and you hear the comments of people just continuing. Vernon Maxwell's been going on Twitter and he rips the place left and right. And there have been some incidences, but then they just we just paint this whole area with a broad brush. And you try hard to overcome it and then something crops up and it's like everything. See, we told you. 
this is the way it is, man. You got that ding-dong from San Diego a few years back making that statement. Uh, walking down Provo is like being in Alabama in the 50s. Remember he made that statement uh, a few years back. It's easy to crack on the, on this community, and it does bother me because I think this community tries to go to great lengths to be inclusive. And then when something happens, it's like, see, I told you. And it's, it's just unfortunate. Mark says it's too early to really say for sure. But if Lindsey really said what Millsap claims he said, I think there would have been other instances involving other players and no other instances have come to light as of yet. So. Oh, that's one line of thinking. I don't. I have no idea to the truthfulness of it. Benjamin says, I wouldn't say much in Lindsey's tenure. Look at the list of black players who wanted to stay in return. None of us were there, but recent signings of Gilbert, Mitchell, Clarkson, Favors prove that they want to be here. Jazz seem to have a zero tolerance when it comes to racism. It seems way out of character for Lindsey, but we weren't there. I wasn't there. No, we weren't. Uh, but I also think it shouldn't be termination. I was talking to my wife. You know, she taught at Washington Prep, which was in South Central, neighboring Crenshaw and Dorsey and all those schools. And the school was 95% African-American. Uh, I've, I've posted some pictures. You can go on my uh, little Instagram account of her coaching volleyball. And there is one pale face right in the middle. You guys have seen the pictures. I think you have anyway. Uh, so, and she, when I told her about that, she sort of laughed. She said, I heard that phrase probably two dozen times a day. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was talking about. What, what is acceptable? What isn't for some? It's not, there was a kid the other day, uh, out of the South Bay area, went to St. Bernard. It's pronounced St. Bernard or it's spelled St. Bernard. It's a local high school in the area, but they called it Bernard's. And he's this four or five star football player, top fifty anyway. He commits to to Herm and he does with an elaborate deal. He has a song uh on it, right? And so it's lyrics, of course it's rap. And so I listen to it, and is he supposed to be all that? We'll see. I've I've already forgotten his name. But uh <laughs> you know, these kids make these productions now and recruiting is like it's in your face because of uh social media. And that's fine, I don't have any problem with that. And so Chris Burgess took all that grief back then, and even Jake Heaps to that. But now it's it's commonplace to to have stuff like that. So anyway, he has this song that he has, and he's talking. And it's this video of him making this commitment with this song underneath. I listened to the song. Well, it's got the N word like five times, and I thought, well, am I am I allowed to retreat it? No. But others retreated it. Yes. So what what are the rules here? The rules are you can't do it. <laughs> but but it's not it, the, we talk about baseball's unwritten rules yeah right uh you're thinking of larry turner gooden that's his name if you want to if you want to track him L ltg i gotta remember that. ltg four well, we'll star see. four yeah. star defensive back and wide receiver so we'll see in the coming years if uh he amounts if ltg to turns in anything <laughs> i have no idea hope hopefully he does uh, and it'll be fun next year if we have a full season because they play Utah and BYU, so we can have fun with all that. There you go. Uh, yeah. So that's it. So whether to me, 
uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, what, what is said by whom and how you're taking it and all. It's all confusing, which is why I just avoid it altogether, and I have been for as long as I can. But it bothers me, this perception of this community for people who really try their best. And people make mistakes, too. And there's been some incidences that have been inexcusable. We've got to knock off the fans. You know, the, the fans, that last one with, with Westbrook. You just can't do that, man. Just knock it off. Don't do anything. And it, you are in a community that's under the spotlight. So you have to go the extra mile. And many of them have gone to the extra mile. But yet you got some knucklehead. And then it paints the broad brush. Well, everybody's like that. That, that bothers me. Because we're all... Not like that. And there is a few knuckleheads for sure. And there will always be a few knuckleheads. That will never change. There will always be that out there. That element, as much as we want to make progress, seems like there will always be to one degree or another some small element. But I really think it's the minority. But yet it gets blown up as the way it is. I think the, It's not really true. I think the bigger factor, and I think David Aldridge touched on this, and we can talk with him about this, um, and it was in the article, you know, racism, racism is everywhere, right? We can all talk about multiple cities and multiple incidences that happened that were terrible. You know, Rodney King happened in L.A. The L.A. Police Department has a bad rep. Turns out the Sheriff's Department has a pretty bad rep, too. But, you know, in New York, Thabo Cephalosha, who used to play for the Jazz, was walking out of a club and got his leg broken by the cops in New York, who ended up paying a $4 million settlement. And we all know what happened in Minnesota this past summer, right? So we can go around major metropolitan areas and list a bunch of bad stuff that, that happened. I think the bigger question is, is there a community for you to settle in and feel comfortable in? And David Allridge gets into some of the math. You know, the African-American community here is really small. And Derek Favors talks in a story about some of the stuff he wants, he has to order on Amazon because the community is really small. To me, that's... A bigger, more real issue. Now, you know, who cares what it matters to me, right? Because no NBA players are consulting with me about where they live and where they play and where they'll be more or less comfortable living. But it, reading it, that was one of the things that jumped out at me is as much as we can talk about the negatives and they get most of the coverage and all that, but where do you settle into a community and have the positives when the math is just working against you? So we can talk about all of that with David Aldridge coming up in an hour. Interesting piece in The Athletic. If you have time to read it in the next hour, recommend you do. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, is coming up next. Stay with us.